never had so much anxiety before a meeting. I've never been to a meeting when there's like chips and then this and then I'm like <laughs> so I get nervous. I don't know about you guys but no matter how many times I do this stuff I get nervous before it you know and it, but it, it makes sense. They actually did a study on like fears of all people and uh, death was number two followed only by public speaking. So like if you trip out on this you're new and you're sitting there and you're thinking fuck no I'll never do that. It's okay. That's how everybody else feels as well. And um, but that's why whenever I share, uh, I, I like to open up with a quote that's really embodied my experience here in recovery. It's not Bill Wilson. It's not Dr. Bob. Uh, it's actually a Conor McGregor quote. And what he says, he says, the more you seek the uncomfortable, the more comfortable you become. And that's 100% been my experience here in recovery. Because before my solution, if something was uncomfortable or I was afraid to do it, I would just dump substances on it until the fear went away and I could do it. Or if it was still scary when I was loaded, I just wouldn't do it. If I would not walk through uncomfortable situations, but here it's like, I show up, everything is scary at first. Everything's uncomfortable. Even just going to a meeting, I would show up to a meeting like right on time because God forbid some person next to me tried to make small talk with me. You know, I'm like, you know, it's, you know socially debilitated, you know, I'm like, oh, COVID crazy. You know, like still, that's like one of my, I, I hate that. It's the most awkward thing when it's like, Hey, how are you doing? Good. You're like, how are you? And they're like, good. And you're just putting that on. You're like, oh, I got cool. It's hot out today. You know, like most painful shit ever and uh, so anyways back to the recovery so what what my alcoholism looks like i don't like to get into my childhood and all that because i really i don't think that i'm an alcoholic because my mom was this and my dad was that or anything like that and any and even if that was the case it doesn't really matter all that really matters is like this is where i'm at this is what i have what am i doing about it, right so what my alcoholism looks like i've got the spiritual malady where on the natch waking up i'm just much lower than the average person you know i'm very prone to depression i'm prone to social anxiety um, you know, in, in the beginning of Bill's story, he talks about he's, he's away at war and he's constantly surrounded by people, right? He's sleeping in a barracks full of probably hundreds of other men. And he says, once again, I, I was lonely. So I turned to alcohol and I can relate to that so much. I can be surrounded by people. I can be at the family reunion and just feel lonely, just feel disconnected and just feel off from everybody, but put some substances into me. And I'm like, I'm the life of wherever I'm at, you know? And so, you know, I, I started drinking you know, late in terms of, you know, Alcoholics Anonymous standards, you know, I, I was, uh, you know, maybe like 15, 16 years old. Um, you know, you hear these crazy stories, you know, I was four years old and I'm up in front of my uncle and took his jack and drank it off the table. And now that's crazy like that, you know, it's a typical like sleepover at the buddy's house and break into the, you know, liquor cabinet. We're doing weird stuff like putting water and sugar and stuff, drinking all this weird shit. And, and uh, you know, lo and behold, you know, like, like before I discovered alcohol, I would just describe myself as, just, I wasn't like a nerdy kid, but I was just painfully introverted. Like I just had this self-centered fear where I just couldn't relax and like get out and talk to people and like be myself. You know, people give you this horrible advice, like relax, be yourself. You're like, how, what does that even mean? What do you mean? That's the most awful advice ever. And, you know, but then, I, you know, but, but, you know, give, give me some substances or a couple of drinks. And all of a sudden, you know, I'm, I'm Dave Chappelle and, and, and Tupac Shakur and James Bond all wrapped up in one. You know, I'm the guy that I always wanted to be, you know, I'll steal any bottle from any store, talk to any girl, fight anybody. I can do all this crazy stuff, you know? And so like what my alcoholism looks like, you know, it's like, do I drink alcohol, alcoholically? Yeah, for sure. But anything that I put in my body or anything that I do that makes me feel good, I'm just going to do it till the wheels fall off. So like, yeah, I drink alcohol alcoholically, but I like to smoke meth alcoholically. I like to do heroin alcoholically. I'll play video games alcoholically, go to the gym alcoholically. You know, I, I chase women alcoholically. 
and, and these days I, I do alcoholics anonymous alcoholic right now I, I do this stuff not to stay sober i don't give a shit about being sober i'm sober as soon as i put down the drink i'm here to be happy joyous free feel good i'm here for relief right like i can promise you guys if i told darren nah i don't want to go do that meeting i wouldn't have drank today i'm pretty sure i would have been sober but when i do this stuff and i say yes like i was taught I feel good and I get the relief because I'm a fiend for feeling good no matter what it is. And like these days, AA is kind of the bag. That's why I do a lot of AA. I do it to feel good, not just to stay sober, right? So I only got 10 minutes. I jump around a little bit, you know, so I would say 16 to 20 years old is what I would consider like the, you know, the party years. I had a lot of fun out there. Um, you know, it was an adventure, dude. I was like, like the Huck Finn lifestyle, you know, skipping school, you know, standing around the store corner of the liquor store, waiting for a homeless guy to come by. I'm like, hey, bro, come here, dude. You got, you know, you want a 40? Cool, buy us some. <laughs> and I said, it, it was fun. It was an adventure, you know, like every once in a while, I'm always raging more against the whole, like, you know, my worst day sober is better than my best day using like, not me. Don't put me in that boat. I, I'm not even close. You know, I, I had a lot of fun out there and I've also had some really, really hard days in recovery where I've had to dig in and really remember like why it is that I'm doing this stuff. Um, so 16 to 20 years old is the party years. Um, you know, and then I, I can remember, though, when it turned from something that was recreational into something that was, that was just a nightmare, you know, and, and there's a spot in the big book that talks about liquor ceased to be a luxury, it became a necessity. And I can remember when that happened, you know, like I, uh, I think I was maybe about like 24 or so at this time. And like, you know, I was a big old grandma's boy growing up. I, I love my grandma. You know, she kind of she raised me a lot of the time. And, you know, she had just died. I just moved. I was going through a super tumultuous breakup where we break up, get back together, break up, get back together. And it's really just rubbed the mud. And I was just, I fell into a deep depression. And uh, at that time, like, there's no spiritual tools to use or anything like that. And, like, I've never been one to sit in my shit. Like, if I feel bad, I'm going to feel better one way or another, right? And at that time, there's no, like, go to a meeting, like, do some service work, write on inventory, pray, meditate. I don't know any of this stuff you know i'm just some dope being you know so what do i do i at that point i started using heroin as a tool just to deal with how i felt on a daily basis right and that's when it turned into something ugly because it was no longer recreation it was no longer fun it was something that i was using just to deal with how i felt on a daily basis right so long story short strung out on heroin um, became extremely unmanageable i'm starting to get dope stiff I'm dealing with the most shadiest flakiest just wackest people of all time um, but I, I did end up getting off of the heroin, but uh, all I did was I just, I just shifted gears and I just started doing a lot of meth instead. Uh, I found <laughs> seriously that I, I, the lifestyle was much more manageable. It was cheaper. I wasn't getting violently dope sick all the time. I could keep it going longer. And, you know, and it was kind of, uh, you know, and I decided to go back to school and I was going to be a writer and, you know, like my, my English teachers gassing me up, telling me how great of a writer I am. And, um, you know, but it was always the same cycle, no matter what substances it was, you know, if the alcohol in the beginning, it's great, you know, like I'm popular, I'm getting girls, I'm, doing, I'm building this crazy, like friendship group that I never had before. But then like everybody else graduates, and I don't, I'm going to the hall all the time. And I'm like the old guy, like still trying to hang out and kick it at high school parties. And it's just, it's not a good look, you know, and then the heroin, at first I'm crushing it, you know, I'm like the depression, what, the needs who, like, I'm just like killing on sales and doing great at work, but then I'm getting dope sick, I'm getting fired and all that. Same thing with the meth in the beginning. I'm writing, I'm writing poetry, I'm writing all this like awesome, like just cool stuff. I'm all fired up on it. But towards the end there, all I was really doing was just, uh, you know, watching porn for like 10 hours straight, <laughs> playing a shitload of video games and, and crawling around on the carpet, just smoking little stuff off the ground, you know? And, and you know, and so I, I, I was never that, that 
alcoholic or that dopey to be snatching purses or going to Home Depot and stealing sawzalls and drills and coming back all shot out. Oh, this didn't work, but I don't want to use the money right now. You know, I was, never, I was never doing stuff like that. You know, I was just extremely enabled for a long time. You know, I had my, it was, my alcoholism was a process. I just had to burn all the bridges and I got to the point where there was no more guest bedrooms to stay in, no more grandma's house, you know, no, no more fronts, no more hustle, no more money. And like, you know, call me pampered, but my bottom was homelessness. You know, there's a lot of alcoholics that are a lot tougher than I am. They're down to go sleep in the bushes and do all that. Not me, you know what? So I'll, I'll wave the white flag and, and, and uh, you know, go to rehab before that, you know? So like, but, you know, going to rehab, it was just kind of my next move to stop them from being homeless. But I had some friends who had gotten sober before me. And like, in my mind, they were way more messed up than I was. And, and, uh, and, and they, and they had, the, and they made it look really attractive, you know, like these guys, you know, these are guys that I couldn't even mess with when I was getting loaded. And they had good looking ladies in their lives and jobs and cars and all these things that were like completely unobtainable to me. And so I was like, all right, it, it did that for those guys. Like, what's it got for me? Let's go. And so I came in and like, I, I wasn't really sure, man. Like, I, I don't really think this is going to work, but I was observant. I paid attention. I think being observant was one of the best qualities. And I kept hearing the same story, you know, over and over again, you know, I was depressed. I was suicidal. Couldn't see my kids. You know, my life was in the shitter. I got a sponsor, I worked the steps, and now I'm like happier than I've ever been. Like my life is going great, got a new job, blah, blah, blah. So if you tell me how good you feel when you do something, I'm like, where's it at? Like, let's go. Like, I want to go. It's like, Aaron, what tell where's the bag at? What do I do next? So that, so that's just what I started doing, right? And uh, I mean, I'm down to my two minutes. So I gotta cut a lot of it, but you know, long story short, dude, I just took the dumb guy approach. You know, I stopped thinking about it at all and I just started doing, it. you know, the dumb guy comes in, you tell him, you know, go to this meeting. Okay, pray. Okay, rather than enjoy. Okay, they just do it. The smart guy's sitting there trying to analyze it, figure it out. He's all depressed and frustrated. But the dumb guy's just all clicking his heels. He feels good. He doesn't give a fuck. He just does it. You know? And so, what do I get out of the program or anything like that? Of course, I came in for the material stuff, the guard, the girls, the money, and all that. All that stuff comes and goes, whatever. You know. But uh, what I've gotten the most out of this thing is, is a is a life of purpose. And, and, and how I'll illustrate that is like, so typically, what happens when an alcoholic gets sober? Right. Like parents aren't getting a phone call home and the child has died in an accident or overdosed. You know, people are coming home from prison. Families are reunited. People are keeping their jobs. Positivity ripples out infinitely. Right. So if I stick around, and I walk this path to the best of my ability and I end up helping 10 guys get sober. And then each one of those guys helps 10 guys get sober through the ripple effect. And all the corner of the world, we're actually able to make a difference. Right. Because like for me personally, like. My, my biggest fear is it's not death and it's not public speaking either. You know, my biggest fear is regret because I, I always live in that world of tomorrow. You know, after this sack, I'll go to detox. Tomorrow, I'll put the job application in. Next semester, I'll sign up for school. So my worst fear is just to wake up and just be old and just burnt and on my way out and go, you know what? I had one life to live and that's what I did with it. I was just some piece of shit my whole life. I never was able to do anything cool with that one life. And because of this simple program that's laid out and, and this path that I'm allowed to walk to the best of my ability, I don't have to worry about that. I have confidence that, you know, when my time comes and I get to sit back and review my life and what I chose to do with it, I'll be able to welcome death and go, you know what? I was able to do something cool and make my little corner of the world that much better while I was here. So right on cue. Thank you guys so much. <laughs>